Father, thank you for today. We give you all the worship and praise. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we thank God so much for a great week in his presence. I'm sure this was the secret of the early church, the first century church. They were meeting daily. They didn't have to travel all the way, like somebody who come from Kaswa all the way here, or somebody who come from Adenta. All the churches are in their homes, so, you know, then they could meet daily. And um, I'm sure daily communion with God was a result of the kind of power and glory that rubbed on them. And so, it's been one full week of daily coming before Him. And also exercising our spiritual senses, building ourselves on our most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost, and making tremendous power available. We've been praying by the grace of God, and I believe that this is not the end, but this is just the beginning. There's nothing to boast about, as a matter of fact, there's everything to be afraid of. And so with reverence and holy fear, we begin a journey, a new journey into the supernatural. But I want to just tell every one of you here that your prayers are heard. This morning, I want us to continue from where we stopped. Sometimes it's possible to make a means an end in itself. And sometimes too, it's possible to just be in a, a kind of whirlwind or kind of circle you keep going round and round the same mountain and never know when to break camp and advance and never know when to give closure to a particular experience and also to just say this one is done let's put a docket aside and then let's move on to the next thing what i'm saying is that sometimes you can be praying about the same thing over and over and over and over and you are not able to so sometimes you can be in a situation where you don't consolidate your gain or give a grounding effect to some of the things you do. And so it's like you have it, but you don't take it. So it's important to know some few things, and that's what I want to share, so that we can actually... Be persuaded of the things that are done. Take advantage of them and also move on to some higher things. Amen. There was a time in my life where we were going in the circles of confession of sins and all because we taught, you know, the usual religion. Every day you have to confess all your sins. Before you start the day, and then you have to confess it all over. And then sometimes we declare a whole period and we are confessing our sins and confessing and confessing and all that. I think nobody took time to explain the issue of forgiveness and how it works. The blood of Jesus is the blood of sprinkling. You know, so it just cleans us as we fellowship with God rather than thinking that it is when we confess the sin that is forgiven because actually which sins do you confess 
Which ones don't you confess? So if forgiveness is based on confession, then you are in big trouble because the ones you confess actually, they are the less. What you are calling the bigger sins, they are actually the less. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is, the Bible says when you pray, believe. Because when you pray and you believe, then it's done. But when you pray and you don't believe, then you have to keep praying. And once we can never stop praying, there are certain things that should be settled, considered done in prayer so that other things would be prayed for. During the Global Prayer Summit, I said that it's very interesting that the things that God said we shouldn't pray about, those are the ones we pray about. And the ones He said we should pray about, that's what we're not praying about. He says, there are certain things not to pray for because these are the things the Gentiles ask and your Heavenly Father already knows you have need of these things. So it's clear there that you don't have to pray for food, clothing, even your personal security, even money. Uh, you are shocked now. So what about the scripture which says, what things whoever you desire when you pray, believe. Let's say my child. My little child doesn't have to pray for food. I'll provide the food. I'll provide his clothing. I'll provide the toothpaste. I'll provide the bread shirt. I'll provide all those things. I even know she needs entertainment. I'll make provision for that. I know she needs yogurt and ice cream and those things. So I'll provide anyway, even if he doesn't ask. But the child can come up and say, Daddy, I want to have some yogurt. Do you understand? So it's okay. You can go to God and say, I need a car. I need a house. You can still go and ask God those things. But it shouldn't be your prayer topic. Your preoccupation. Because those ones, they are already provided. So what are we supposed to pray for? The things we're supposed to pray for are the prayers recorded in the New Testament. That's scriptural praying. Because the Old Testament prayers were more of people who were in the flesh struggling. And we seem to identify with that more because of our problems. But that's not where we're supposed to start from. You see, let's say you're in a university and you're about to start academic year. Then you go and bring primary school syllabus. That's ridiculous. So we don't even come back to this level. Amen. You start from the New Testament. And in the New Testament, you are starting from the finished work of Christ. And you are starting with life in the Spirit. And then you move on from there. Now, we agree that there's a prayer of faith and there's supplication. There are different kinds of praying, but two major categories of prayer. With prayer of faith, you name it and claim it. It's a simple prayer because there's nothing sophisticated or complex about what you're asking. I need a shirt. I need a car. I need a, a new job. I need a ticket. You know, there's nothing complicated about it. But if I'm relocating to the United States, I'm relocating to the United States. First of all, is it God's will for me? How am I even going to get set or started? The processes involved may be a little complicated. 
The best example I give is when you are praying for destinies. Destiny is not something you can take from the shelf. You can pick a shirt from the shelf. If you don't like it, you return it. If I have the shirt, it's even not good. It's not harmful. But when it comes to your destiny, it's not something you can name and claim because it involves faces, places, times. Strong winds are blowing you on the sea of life. Fierce winds, according to James, blowing your ship. Demonic interferences, angelic interventions. You know, you're dealing with your spirit, soul, body. You're dealing with many things you don't even understand in the first place. How do you name and claim something you don't even know? You don't understand your full destiny. You are even beginning to find out some new things about what God wants you to do. So how do you name it and claim it? You don't even know in the first place. So that needs supplication. You can pray a prayer of faith for those ones. It needs supplication. So it is some time in God's presence. And usually it is prolonged, intense, earnest entreaties. Then we also say that with supplication, you are asking God to get out of his way to do something he normally wouldn't do. Look at the prayer Paul prayed for the church. That God should grant in proportion. Is it according to his riches in glory? God should give us in accordance, in proportion to. How do you ask that? All of God. That's where he had to beg. I bow my knee. You don't beg God for things that are already yours. You name it and claim it. And you know that it's not every prayer that is directed to God. It's not every prayer that is directed to God. Some prayers are directed to things because you're, you're speaking them. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, that's not God at all. And that's why you're using authority. You're just making a decree. You know, with supplication, you're begging God. So is he poor begging God? Why will you beg God for something that is already yours? You're begging God for something that he has to get out of his way to do. Amen? A classical example is when Jacob wanted his destiny change. Now we can go on and on. I'm not talking about prayer. So let me just stop here. And then I can share with you what I really want to share with you. Now, I think we preach messages on put your faith to work, use your faith. But I want to share briefly on using your faith. Using your faith. There are certain things we've asked for that we need to agree that they are done. How long shall I pray? It's a common question people ask. As long as you need to pray. You pray until you break through. You pray until faith is complete. You pray until you see a cloud like a man's hand. You have a witness in your spirit that is done. When you pray through, you know. When you break through, you know. When a thing is still heavy hanging there, you know. In your spirit. So how long should I pray? I pray until I have clearance in my spirit. Amen. I pray until I have clearance in my spirit. Okay. But it is important to give closure to anything you deal with in prayer by faith. You give closure 
to what you are dealing with by faith. You close the docket by faith. So it's good to deal with a case and pray it through and break through and thank God for it. Your thanksgiving is a seal of your faith that it is done. Amen. Alright. So, use your faith. Use your faith. Now, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The substance there is the assurance. The conviction. Faith is the substance, the assurance of your hope. The conviction of your hope. Your expectation. The evidence of things not seen. It's not seen, but you have an evidence. You have a witness. It's the title deed. The confirmation of the reality of the existence of what you are hoping for. That's what faith is. So, to use your faith, you need to know where the faith is and how it works. The Bible says that with a heart man believeth unto righteousness. Romans 10, 10. But with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. Okay? In Romans 10 from verse 9 says that if thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with a heart man believe unto righteousness. But with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. So, you believe with the heart. Not your head. You believe with the heart. So it's an activity of your human spirit. With a heart man believe it. So faith is shut up in your heart. But the way it is released. In fact, believing is the process for faith. And it is in your heart. So that is where the believing takes place. So how do I believe? The question is, what is belief? We said that belief or faith is the assurance. So faith comes by hearing. So I hear the word of God. And then when I have the assurance or the conviction or the persuasion, that is faith. So it's an activity of your human spirit. It's your heart. But then, he said, with the mouth's confession is made. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13, that according as it's written, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. We have also believed, therefore have we spoken. In other words, when somebody believes, he speaks it. Faith is believing in your heart with a corresponding action. That's the difference between faith and belief. Believing is a process for faith. But faith is when the believing is complete. It starts in your heart, but there must be a corresponding action. And the first action is speaking. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. This book of the Lord should not depart from your mouth. He didn't say from your heart because he knows if it's in your mouth, it's already in your heart. So the evidence of your faith is what you say. Anybody who say, I believe, but he's speaking the negative, has not believed. So, that is it. But it's not just the evidence. 
what we say is not just the evidence of what is in our heart but what it also does is the way we engage the way we use what we believe is by saying it amen the way we use our faith is by saying it now i can prove that from our previous scripture in romans chapter 10 verse 10 from verse 9 if you confess the lord jesus and you believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you'll be saved for with a heart man believeth on righteousness but with a mouth confession is made unto salvation look at verse 6 but a righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise say not in thine heart so there is a saying first in your heart amplified by the one that comes out of your mouth there's a saying in the heart so the thing about faith is a saying say not in your heart who are saying so you see somebody saying some things in his heart he hasn't vocalized it but it's there in his heart you see and people may not see it but god has already seen it that he's saying the unbelief in his heart he said oh, how can this be who can go and bring it he said the righteousness which is of faith doesn't speak this way uh, who will go and bring christ down from above next verse or who will descend to the deep and bring christ up again from the dead uh-huh but what's said it which means that this faith always says something faith always says something what said it he said the word is nigh thee, even in your heart and in your mouth that is the word of faith which we preach so the word of faith is the one we speak so speaking is key in using your faith so right now that you have prayed so much to use your faith you must keep the right confessions that is all you need to do after you pray so much you just speak the word only you keep speaking the word keep speaking the word amen you don't necessarily have to go back to the drawing table with the same thing you see problems will never end challenges will keep coming but when it comes that's not a time to go back and pray again it's now time to speak it there are things to deal with in prayer but as you walk about daily situations will come you speak so mark 11 22 and 23 kenneth hagin talked extensively on faith and he mentioned some of these things which has become common knowledge in the body of christ today he started to clearly teach out these things mark eleven twenty two. this was after jesus cursed the fig tree and um, disciples were surprised that the fig tree had dried now when jesus spoke to the fig tree it did not die instantly visibly you see that's the problem i said what i said what when jesus cursed the fig tree it did not die instantly visibly it didn't mean it didn't work so that's another problem some people will speak the word as an expression of their faith but now they rely on their eyes but faith is the evidence of the unseen you have an evidence of the unseen so the proof is not necessarily the visible when he cursed the tree the tree began to die from the root so it was not visible but later they saw that it had withered away so many of the things we deal with spiritually we deal from the root 
Then we see the effects later. And that's how faith works. So they say, ah, look. So people will stand there cursing the same fig tree forever. At a point in time, you have to amen your prayers. So that you move on. Otherwise, it's just be unbelief. So he cursed the fig tree. He didn't curse it twice. He didn't curse it ten times. He didn't curse it. He just cursed it once and moved on. Now, again, I laid a foundation already. And I explained things that you have to pray about for long. And then things that you have to just declare or say. We've gone past that already. So, you know that already. So, they say, wow, the fig tree is dead. Jesus said, have faith in God. Now, we are told that in the original, it is have the faith of God. Which means have God's kind of faith. God's kind of faith is because those things would be not as though they were. And this is not presumption, it is conviction. That's where people miss it sometimes. They say, well, so let's make speculative statements. Let's just say anything. Well, I'll have 200 aircraft. You are saying things you don't even believe. If you believe in your heart, you can say it. So you don't throw words about. Say only what you believe and believe only what you say. That's why we talk about according to the measure of faith. When you're even making a declaration, it should be according to your faith. So what is in your heart, that's what you are saying. Not some presumptuous things. Oh, hey, hey, hey. I'm going to buy one million houses. Oh, oh. Do you even have faith for one chamber and hall? Do you have faith? Has your faith reached there? So it's what? It's in your heart. That is what you say. So you build it here and then you say, now how do I increase my faith? You know it. Faith comes by hearing. So keep hearing. Rema. Keep hearing. Hearing by the Rema of God. Keep hearing. It may not necessarily be the written word, but... It can come from a preaching or somebody. God even spoke through a dumb ass the other day. And it was Rema. When you have an ear of faith, you can hear Rema everywhere. And you use that to build your faith. And then based on that, you make declarations. But let's get back to what we are saying now. Have the faith of God. And Jesus make a remarkable statement. Look at the next verse. I verily I say to you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Now, then you walk straight to your hometown, and you look at some beautiful mountain there, and then you say, mountain, I read in the Bible the other day, that God said, if you should be removed and cast into the sea, you obey me. So mountain, I don't know why you're still standing here. Get out of here. Now, that's foolishness. That mountain, physical mountain, you want it out of the way. Why? If they have turned the mountain to an idol, now listen very carefully. Faith works on truth, not on presumption and foolishness. The mountain that is there, they are supposed to construct a road. And the villagers said, no, it's a sacred mountain, so no road will pass here. And that's a shortcut to another place. And the village said, no, 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 no. We have an idol there. This mountain, nobody should touch it. And you know that when they construct a road through that place, it will bring accessibility and the place will develop. So you are saying that mountain be removed. That it makes sense. But for you to just go about and see any mountain and say, go, go, mountain be... It doesn't make sense. So now you are saying to this mountain because this particular mountain is standing in the way. So you command it. And before you realize... 
the government have gone and they're using dynamite to blow the place and they are constructing the road. The mountain has removed. Do you understand? The same applies to the mountains which are metaphorical. Spiritual problems. They are your mountains. The ones that don't move. They are just sitting down there. They are the mountains. But he said, whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. First of all, you see that this one, you are not even talking to God. So this is a different kind of prayer. This one, you are talking to the mountain. Based already on your authority. So how can you do it even without faith in the first place? Without knowing who you are. And what has been written. Now, that is why believe is in this verse once, but say is that thrice. In fact, many people believe, but because they won't open this, their mouth. So everything remains. Waiting for their command. Amen? There are certain things that just move at your presence. But there are other things also that are waiting for your command. Do you know Jesus was so anointed, the devil dare not even come close. But God just wanted the rules to be fair. Once he also became a man, he should play by the same rule. So he allowed the devil to even come as far as even having a conversation with him. Tempting him. And as long as Jesus was also quoting scriptures, he was quoting, they were all quoting scriptures, the devil was comfortable. Until Jesus said, I rebuke you. Get thee out of here. And he left him for a season. Meaning he was, he was going to come back. So you see, you say to the mountain, Amen. Now, so this verse, can I think it explains that this verse says, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, this Mark eleven twenty three, without remove and without cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. So let's see the say, 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 say. It's there three times. It's actually there four times, but the first one was when he, Jesus, said. So it's there three times. So for everyone believing, the saying has to be thrice. So it's like, ah, many people sometimes put too much pressure on themselves. Thinking that, oh, it's because they don't have faith, they don't have faith. In some instances, your level of faith is little, so you have to do more hearing to increase your faith level. But in many instances, your faith level is already okay. But the problem is you are not saying. Or at the time you said them, you didn't believe. And shall not doubt in his heart. Can I think and explain? You can doubt in your head, but make sure you don't doubt in your heart. You see? But believe that those things you are saying will come to pass. Look at the next verse, 24. Then he says, Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire. So this is a blank check. Anything at all you desire. There was a time where the church was living in ignorance. They say, hey, you can see a nice dress and say you want it because that's equal to covetousness and that's sinful. He said, anything you desire. 
How are you going to decide if you've never seen it? So those times, I saw Lady Kate, and Lady Kate dressed very well. And I like it. But if I should ask God, I need those kind of clothing, I've become very carnal, and I'm coveting. So uh, the thing always in my head. Then we go and do the worst one. We are talking about her. Pastor's wife dressing like this. Too worldly. Too flashy. That one is even worse. What things ever you desire. Anything you desire. And you see, let me say this to you. This scripture should give you a lot of faith. You know, people think that God's will and our desires are always at variance. So there was this teaching or this thinking that our heart desires always against the will. His will is not our will. Our will is not God's will. As far as the heavens from the earth, so far as it's away from us. So everything we are desiring, that's not what God desiring. That's why you hear somebody praying, I don't love the woman, but God says I should marry her, so I'm going to marry her. What? You don't love the woman, God says you should marry her. That's not God. Because your marriage will not work. So they won't desire anything. Now, this scripture, with this scripture, I can comfortably say, being in a comfortable lead, I can comfortably say that God doesn't even just want you to ask for a shirt. He wants the kind of shirt you desire. He wants the specifics. That's why in prayer of faith, you must be very specific. If not, so you just... I took a time and thought on all these things some time back. You go to a warehouse and you say, I have come to buy. Then you say, yes, we know you have come to buy. Buy what? Oh, oh, no, no, no. I have just come to buy. Oh, buy. Yeah, yeah, we know you want to... Yes, yes, yes. We sell. We also sell. So what do you want to buy? No, I just buy. They will think you are even crazy. Then... You place the order and hear this. I took time and thought on all this. Faith to receive. What you ask will determine when you get it. Because if you're asking for something very bulky and they have to convey it, you know something you can just collect and put in your pocket. So now they are not going to package it, get the vehicles, delivery. That is why some things take some time to come. So, if you are specific, then what you are asking for will determine even how it should be carried. The means of delivery. And how fast it could come. If I say, God, I want to be a pilot. I can't just be in SS and be a pilot. Well, I can go and learn how to fly aeroplane. But even that one, you have to go and learn it. So the shortest time anybody can learn how to fly an aeroplane is when that your prayer will be answered. Okay. So saying to the mountain. Now, we talk about the centurion's faith. The centurion's faith. It's a classic, classic. Now let me explain something to you. We define faith already. That is the substance, the assurance of your hope, your expectation. So you must express something, you hope. And then the conviction, the persuasion, even the resolve. 
that this is settled. The grounding effect. The evidence of the unseen. You have a witness. You have a witness. The evidence of the unseen. You have a witness. The title deed. The proof. The confirmation of the reality of these things. We say that's faith. Now, but when it comes to the application and the workability of faith, you see different scenarios. And that's why I like Hebrews 11. Because it shows us those who are their children raised back to life by faith. Somebody also built an ark by faith. Somebody also did not accept deliverance to obtain a better resurrection. Actually, people died by faith and people escaped death by faith. So in a situation, somebody said, I'm ready to die by faith. Another person also was delivered, believed God, and God delivered him by faith. So there are different situations and scenarios. By faith, somebody left everything he had. Somebody even refused all the good things that were given. Moses, he refused. Abraham left his father's house. Whilst by faith, somebody also got plenty, built an ark, had a whole world in the ark. So, with different scenarios, we need wisdom. So, I found out that the wisdom of God is always at play in the use of faith. Because, see, faith is about doing the right thing. And doing the right thing, you can only do it by the Spirit of God. Because that is what will give you an enduring result. Because you can do something and say, well, I've solved this problem. Then you see it coming back. But God gives you wisdom for the situation. And you use it. That's your faith. So, every situation and the how of the faith. So, Moses' faith was when he refused. Somebody would have claimed all Pharaoh's empire by faith. But now he had a higher wisdom that no, a higher discernment that this is not God's will for me. So you take time and study the different scenarios, situations in Hebrews chapter 11, which is a chronicle of all these heroes of faith and how every one of them practices faith. Because excellence is faith. Abel offered a more excellent obedience is faith for Abraham. Vision to build an act to contain the whole world. <laughs> Vision, endurance, they had to work hard to build this hard work. Was faith for Noah. And of course, he was building a ship when there was no rain. Sarah, she just judged him faithful. Now the list goes on. But the first one we talk about is the same. And we mentioned the centurion. Centurion is a commander of 100 soldiers. This centurion just used his perspective, the rema he got from the military. So I have told you that there is nobody who should say he doesn't have faith. You have the seed of faith in your heart the day you believe in Christ. And God will use your experience to give more rema for faith. Look at the two greatest faith mentioned in the New Testament. 
and it was all the rema they got from the kind of work they were doing one was a housewife when he's feeding the children some of the food keep falling and the dogs also get some from and that was the Syrophoenician woman's faith he got her rema her perspective her revelation of God's word from what was happening in the house and this centurion said come and heal my servant and Jesus said I will come and the centurion said no I'm not even worthy for you to come under my roof number one number two in the military we just give commands we centurions we give commands and you see servants running and you Jesus you're also a commander in the spirit so speak the word only and my servant will be healed in the house So you may be a mason, you may be a carpenter, you may be a cleaner, housewife, working in government, working at the bank. There is faith everywhere. God will show you faith in your experience. Businessmen have faith that we men of God don't have. Some of the things they do, the risk they take, Master, we dare not. We dare not. And we also have a kind of faith that they can't have and they won't have by reason of our job. <laughs> Wherever you are, he got you covered. You're cool. Amen? I define faith as conviction in your heart with a corresponding action. And we said the first one is speaking. But there are other things that people did that was called faith we said that in hebrews 11 you see people doing different kind of things that was called faith faith is always evidenced in an action but also when jesus saw their faith it was actually their work he saw he saw the step they took removing somebody's roof and dropping their friend he saw their faith so faith always it's not just shut up in the heart. It exits through the mouth and exits through attitude. What was Abraham's faith? The Bible says, giving glory to God. Sometimes your faith is your joy. Sometimes your faith is your composure. Sometimes your faith is your aggression. Sometimes your faith is your boldness. Sometimes your faith is your patience. Because you know it's done. Your unbelief is also visible by your actions. You know, when you don't say anything, you're actually saying something. When you're silent, it also means something. So, you must give expression to your faith to validate it. That's what we mean. So, apart from speaking, your attitude. Then, sometimes you actually, practically, literally, have to take some step to show you truly believe what you're talking about. But, Sometimes faith is not complete. Sometimes the cycle of faith is not complete because it's truncated at a point. It's devoid of action. Devoid of execution. So it's just a potential. It's just a potential shut up in your heart. With a hard man believe it unto righteousness. So you're righteous before God and you go to heaven and that's all about it. But the many things that you could have done. Heal the sick. Start the project. 
you may not do them if you don't add something to what is in your heart. Everybody say a big amen. Some guys said, Jesus walk on water and they have faith so they want to walk on water and then they tried it and they got drowned. There's a story like that. And then people are debating it. Some say it's because they don't have faith. Others say, hey, if they don't have faith, how come they attempted it? I'm sure you heard that before. I travel all the way to come here with my son. My son is not here. You are telling me it's lack of faith. It's like they feel insulted when you tell them it's a faith issue. They don't understand. They think you are blaming them. All things are possible to that believer. So if something is not working, it's an issue of faith. But we are not blaming you. We are not accusing you. But it doesn't cancel the fact. We say everything rises and falls on leadership. It's a leadership problem. We are not blaming somebody. Leadership doesn't mean people who are leaders. Leadership is different from leaders. Leadership is that capacity or ability for change. The capability for change. So it's a leadership issue. Also, we say everything is a wisdom issue. We are not saying that you are a fool. Even Jesus had wisdom, but he had to increase in wisdom. That's how faith also is. You have faith, but faith is real. It's not fake. So small faith will do small things. Plenty faith will do plenty things. It's just like water. Small water will do small things. A river can do things. You can even build a dam on it. Sometimes our water level is low. And so all the tempers cannot be firing. These things, they are real. But when it comes to spiritual things, people think it's magic. They think you close your hope, the hope, the hope. Then it vanishes. Then it appears. No, they are real practical processes. Very real processes in the spirit. Faith is very real, not fake. Honey, nobody stop climbing the ladder from the top. You go to class one and class two. We can jump you from class 3 to class 5. But if we jump you from class 5 to SS3, we have disturbed you. So you stretch your faith, but you don't overstretch it. Because the way you build it is you stretch it a little. According to its elasticity at the moment. So you stretch it a little. So you may start from a chamber and a hall. Then you have faith for a one-bedroom house. You see? then your faith can go to like a three-bedroom house. So it's, so it's very real. If your faith can't take it, you can't take it. So it's very real. In fact, the word is, faith is the substance. The word for substance is hypostasis. It's like the way they stress a building. That's it. So it is something which carries the whole of you. And we already know how faith comes by hearing, hearing the realm of God. So it means that if I want to increase my faith, I keep increasing my rema. And I told you, it's not just reading the Bible. Reading the Bible is okay once you can find rema from it. But sometimes somebody's speaking, get rema. Sometimes not even a man of God speaking. Things are being said, but you have the hearing of faith. So you're just getting rema. Somebody has done this. Wow. Then immediately, you know it's doable. That's why when somebody breaks a record, people begin to attempt to break it. Faith always increases by that. But it's not just Rema that increases your faith. Rema always adds to your faith. But 
you also have to use your faith. You see, you prophesy according to proportion. You stretch it a little bit, not too much. Then you try to go to the next class. You don't stay on the same level of faith every day. Grow it. As a matter of fact, you must have a faith project. Building faith project. Well, for four months, you are not reading any material. You are not listening to anything except pro-faith messages. You know, that's what people don't know. Today, you read a book of marriage. Tomorrow, you read a book, another book of wisdom. The next day, you read another day. Just face it. Four months every day. If it's not faith material, forget it. But by the way, faith is so central that if you learn on faith, it fixes the marriage. If you learn on faith, it fixes the wisdom. If you learn on faith, it fixes the leadership. If you learn on faith, it fixes the healing. You don't need to read faith and go and read a book on healing and read, read a book on tongues and go and read. Just concentrate on faith. Pam, 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 four members. Build it. And then you have the spirit of faith. We all having the same spirit of faith. And when you read on, he's saying that just as God raised Jesus Christ, he raised us too. So he's saying that all the people who are walking in faith is the same spirit. Oedipus said he got his faith from Smith Wigglesworth. And he can tell you where he got his teaching anointing from, where he got his prosperity anointing from. Every one of them. He got his prosperity anointing from Kenneth Copeland. His faith, he got it from Smith Wigglesworth. I'm sure he got the miracles from Idahosa. He said, he went to Kenneth He said, who is this man? He's talking like he's talking to his wife. No shouting, no screaming. And things are happening. So he said, God, I want this one too. He said, he lay on the floor for hours. And as the man started speaking, he said, something came out of the man into him. He said, I sobbed uncontrollably. He said, he cried like a baby. He knew he got it. He received the man's teaching anointing. The other teaching compares to Kenneth Higgins. And books, he'll be reading more. So, faith is contagious. Seriously contagious. Now we know that sickness is contagious. But faith is highly contagious. See, so you have to intentionally allow somebody who has a crazy faith to mentor you, either directly or by reading his books or listening to his messages. Amen. When I wanted to change my level, for four months, I was listening to only Pastor Chris and Pastor Edipo. And I was listening to only pro-faith messages, nothing more. So, you can do that. I already told you that faith works by the wisdom of God because every situation and what is called faith in that instance. Alright? Now, let me say the last things and then I'm done. Don't hear says, oh, that's a nice message. No, this is an intentional message. I'm preaching it because of the long prayers we prayed. Because after you finish praying this long, 12 hours every day for one week, too many things have happened. But you know the devil, you come to tell you, hey, that sickness is not gone. That problem is still there. He wants you to keep praying about it. Also, when you pray, believe. So this time, what to do is to believe. And I'm showing you how to use it. Say to the mountain. Amen. There's something I want to share with you, which is my last point here. It's the second to last, but I'll fuse it into the last one. Which is something Jesus taught me. I mentioned him when we were praying. About a waiting period. You see, faith is a process and it's a cycle. 
You start with believing in your heart and goes all the way around through your attitude and maybe you vocalize it. You know that first you say it. Okay, if faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, your preacher appears only on Sunday. Maybe you cry, you don't go for midweek service. So if he has to be saying it before you're going to believe, you believe once a week. But once you are saying it to yourself, that's why this word should not depart from your mouth. So sometimes the first part of faith may be confession of faith. For example, when I got born again, I was already a sickler. I was already sick. So when I got born again, I memorized all the scriptures on healing and I was confessing them. At that stage is the confession of faith. Now when I'm not well, I don't even need to confess scriptures to be healed. If I ever do anything, I'll just speak. Not to confess, now to build my faith. So sometimes, you are confessing to build. The more you say it, the more your faith is being built. So, I told you that we have the hearing of faith and the speaking of faith. So at a point, you are just saying it to build your faith. Later, you are just commanding the mountains. So many times in prayer, what we are doing is, we are confessing the word to build our faith. Building yourself on your most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost. And then sometimes you pray in the Holy Ghost. There's more rumor. And sometimes you are praying with understanding and you are hearing yourself. And it's increasing your faith. But then later, now speak the word. Now let me say this. I said I was going to say something. How sharp our faith would be, apart from impartation of gurus who have the gift of abnormal faith or radical faith. They raise the dead, they do all kind of things. We talk about faith being in stages, right? So you start from simple headache before you start to raise the dead. Start from class one before you get to university. Is that not so? Okay, so you don't just stand up and say, I'm going to walk on water. Your faith is not there. You will drown. We talked about that. But we said that there can be impartation of faith. The spirit of Elijah rest upon Elisha. So now he was doing what Elijah was doing. So the transference of spirit. We talk about that. Now, but there's something else I said I want to say as my last one. I call it the waiting period. Practicing and building your faith. The faith project that I talked about. Building capacity. Now, the Lord said to me so many years ago that it takes a while to move out of the flesh into the spirit. And he said to me, it takes about 20 minutes for the average prayer warrior to move into the spirit. When John said, immediately I was in the spirit, it means that there can be a waiting period. And the Lord told me that that's why it's recorded. Can you just not wait with him for just an hour? The regular man spends one hour in the waiting period before he breaks into the spirit. Prayer warriors, 20 minutes. The Lord told me that. But the Lord said, I can show you how you can get immediately into the spirit. Three minutes you're in the spirit. Two minutes you're in the spirit. One minute. The time you spend in your waiting area is dependent on your frequency. I told you if you go to see a big man in his office and they say wait. And you see people going in and out, in and out. It's very likely that the people you see going in and out are actually working in the office there. It's very likely. Sometimes he may not even knock. Know that he's working there. So you see if you spend more time in the spirit, your waiting period in the spirit so that's how it is the more you use your face the sharper it is 
So faith has to go to a particular circle. Now you have to believe. Then you, you're confessing it. Then faith is full. As you keep exercising yourself, then it becomes easy. Processing the word to convert the fuel into gas. To pardon it, it becomes faster. So waiting period, the last one is the, this evidence thing, the evidence of the unseen. When you read Hebrews 11, they talk about the initial deposit of faith or action of faith. The Bible says by faith, actuated by faith, or prompted by faith. That's what it means. So there's a first action you do as a result of faith. Then you have the harvest. Now, there will always be an evidence for faith. But the evidence are twofold. The evidence is the conviction in your heart. Whether you see anything or not. Because the evidence of the unseen. And the evidence that is obvious. That people can say this is the work of faith. When Jesus saw their faith. So you read about what people did. And the corresponding evidence or harvest. That validated their faith. Okay, so show me your works and I'll show you my faith. Show me your works without your faith and I'll show you my faith by my works. Which means that the works validate evidence or the work is the justification of your faith. We agree that there is an evidence in your heart when nothing is even visible yet. That's the initial deposit of faith being prompted, actuated by faith. But there will always be a harvest to show that what you did was an act of faith, which is the ultimate result. Some of them take time. Some of them mature also quickly. As we launch our global prayer command to supply and apply enough spirit to the body and to frame the ages by the word of God and to change economic and spiritual landscapes and to supply enough resource for operation church everywhere may the lord cause your faith to work the lord help you put your faith to work and may you have evidence may you have a proof of the faith that god have you in jesus name everybody say a big amen Can I think he said, now faith is. And he even played on the now. He said, hope is an expectation. But usually, you should hope for things that the Bible says clearly that it's not yet time. You can't do anything about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Usually people will tell you that well, when we finish evangelizing the world, he will come. But you can't really hasten it. You can't do much about it. So you can only hope for his coming. But he said, with faith, is now. And he said, sometimes people keep hoping when they're supposed to start believing. Because the word believe also can be translated to mean receive or take. So you see, when you keep hoping for something you should be taking, then there's a problem. And it's an art, spiritual art, 
or craft you have to develop you must learn how to be taking things taking things because they are yours receiving things and taking things you know people have this faith that we all have in the lord jesus christ we call the common faith same measure given to everybody and when it comes to faith to do other things So I have a whole city here on faith to receive. Can we be on our faith? For example, I'm sick in this service. Practically, right now, I'm sick in this service. When do I get healed? Let's say you are sick in this service right now. When do you get healed? Okay, I don't want to ask how, but since you say now, how do you get healed? You say believe. How do you believe? By speaking. Okay, you think I'm trying to revise. I'm trying to do revision. So you are telling me the things I've said. Okay. You speak. So if you speak, then you are healed. When, yes, after you speak, finish speaking, when do you get healed? Talk, speak loudly, let me hear you. You do what? Uh, I like you. Listen, the laying on of hand on you, the confessing it, the anointing you feel, the power you feel, all those things should just take you to one point which is the persuasion that is done so even if we don't lay hand on you but Hilda is just sitting down there and then he's convinced that it's done to be convinced of something or persuaded to doesn't just come that is why you have to raise strong arguments until conviction comes until you are persuaded you see instead of prayer of faith will heal the sick not just the prayer the prayer of faith which means that the prayer is supposed to ah this case that i have prayed over for 12 hours how can i be saved? just that persuasion do you know how i got healed i used to pray 15 hours and look i literally feel Currents, Holy Ghost current in my body. I'll be then I'll be feeling current. Like so, one day I just look at myself and I laugh. I say, "So can a malaria parasite live in this?" In fact, that is how I live. I lived in divine health. It was the persuasion that it cannot be. And I also taught something here on Believe anyhow And I gave you I mean how God made believing so easy That he just uses everything to make you to believe Give you a strong consolation God even as far as swearing I swear And all those And then he, I even said how one day I got stuck somewhere and then somebody just got down from his car 
a taxi and say, ah, you don't know the car you are driving. This is a four-wheel. And I've been driving the four-wheel. I've never engaged the four-wheel gear before. So I didn't know how it works. I said, you don't know what you are driving. This is a four-wheel. Sitting down here that you are stuck. Every one of the wheel can move the car. That's what we call a four-wheel drive. Because usually cars are moved either by their back axle. So the part takeoff is at the back. It pushes the front. That's why you see some magicians. They say, be driving the car and I'll hold the car. The car will not move. They just raise the back tires. And because the part takeoff is in the back tires, your car won't move when they raise the back tire. So when your back tire gets stuck, the car doesn't move. If it's also a front wheel, when the front wheel gets stuck, you can move because the part takeoff is in the front wheel. But with four wheel, each of the four tires just need a little grip and it will move the car out. And honey, you are more than a four wheel. In fact, hold it. If prayer doesn't do it, fasting will do it. If fasting doesn't do it, giving will do it. If giving doesn't do it, your faith will do it. If your faith doesn't do it, grace will do it. If grace doesn't do it, mercy will do it. I mean, you have... So another reason to believe is where you are standing right now. How many hours of prayer? 84 hours of prayer happen here where you are standing. That's the amount of power that has been generated here. You are sitting on 84 hours of and there were thousands of people. In fact, yesterday, we had 21,000 people praying with us on radio. And you have several people here. Another reason to believe is done. Clap. Yeah. So when you start to speak in tongues, allow the spirit to also prophesy. I mean, through you, you, you can hear the Holy Ghost saying some things. You are even declaring them. Hallelujah. Your marriage is fixed. Your children are seen. They are taken care of. They are provided for. That chronic backache is gone. It's gone. Cry to never come back. You know, I was sharing with a church I went to preach recently that I'd lived in divine health all my life. Four years ago, something happened and I took them through the whole period how I started getting stressed sick and I explained to them that after the Lord healed me within this period I began to appreciate what it means for somebody to be sick because I lived in divine health I memorized all the scriptures in the Bible on healing every one scripture on healing I memorized it once it was in my head that was happened the day it dropped into my heart I live in divine health because well, the seed doesn't germinate here the ground is the heart of man so the seed must so 
whatever you keep saying eventually drops into your heart that's why you must meditate on the word of god anything you keep thinking about eventually you believe anything you keep saying you believe so i was memorized the scripture i was confessing it after one year living divine health for over 25 years then this thing happened so i knew it had nothing to do with faith but i was quite worried because i just didn't understand why i was sick you know how i got healed i got healed in a prayer intense so i tell people so when we're having the prayer intense, i literally took my phone and called people who were sick that you have to be in the prayer intense. This is how you get healed. I texted some of that. I called some of them. I said, I got healed here. I was having panic attacks, anxiety. It was so terrible. And the feeling is as if you're going to die. We call it sense of doom. That's the medical term of sense of doom. You just feel like you're going to die. It's such a horrible feeling. And we have prayer intense. And the energy to even come. I felt like if I should even come and even pray, Kura, that would be a suicide mission. I would just collapse and die and disgrace myself. Co collapse and disgrace myself or something. So I said, I don't want to come. Then the preacher who was supposed to preach that day also got sick and didn't come. And I had to take the microphone, risk it. 25 minutes intense praying. Boom! The thing broke up. But what I learned, two things I learned was how people can be healed in prayer. But the second thing I learned was why God allowed all that was just God wanted me to know what people go through. Because you see, knowledge profit. I knew the word. And I had so much faith that when somebody says he's sick and he's a believer, I feel that ah. Which part of the Bible are you reading? No compassion. But after this incident, Master, when I'm praying for heart cases, I'm praying for sick people, it's one touch. My compassion just turns everything loose. Do everything to receive your miracle right now. Amen. So what we're going to do is just we're going to pray. And everything you have heard, I want you to just pray with it. For some of you, what are you going to ask for again? It's just thanks. Then the others, you're just confessing it. Now, faith is now. So I'm getting my healing right now. Remember that in the New Testament, healing is done. In the Old Testament, they could pray that God will heal them. But in the New Testament, we are healed. So when you're praying in the New Testament, don't pray like, God heal me, God heal me. It may seem to sound better, but... That is like you are praying from the Old Testament. So you say, by his stripes I'm healed. I receive my healing. Because the healing is already done. You just have to take it. So I claim the healing. My nerves are healed. My heart, brand new pancreas, brand new kidney. My eyesight is corrected. Oh, I'm doing well. No more hypertensive condition. No more diabetic conditions. My sugar is normal. My energy level is rising. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. And some of you are already just thanking God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. And some of you are praying the spirit. Some of you are praying tongues. And when you pray, you believe. You see, you are seeing the door open. You are seeing the door open. It happens when you believe. When you say it, believe. When you desire it and you pray, believe. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. The devil may want to remind you that, oh, it's not done. Oh. But if you have a conviction in your heart, stay with your confession. Stay by your confession. Amen. All right. Now, we're going to do just a short warfare. You're going to command that mountain. You're going to say to it, you're going to rebuke it. Every demonic spirit standing in between you and anything, you want to rebuke it right now. Open your mouth and pray. We rebuke every spirit of affliction. We rebuke every spirit of delay. We rebuke every spirit of pain. We rebuke every spirit of frustration. Every spirit that slows people down is bound. You are, you are rebuked today. We rebuke you. We rebuke you. I rebuke you. We take you out of the way. We bind. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Go ahead. We rebuke it. We break spells. We break charms of the devil. We bind it in Jesus name. I break every part of the enemy. I bind every part of the enemy. I bind every part of you. I bind every part of Satan. I rebuke you now. I break every power. Any power of Satan. Any part of Satan. Any interference. Any interference. Any distractions. We break it. We rebuke it. We rebuke it. Thank you, Lord. We break it. Malika Jatarabarababa, Malika Turabayanda, Malika Burababa, Malika Burababa, Malika Burababa, Malika Burababa, 
Malika Burrababa, Malika Burrababa, Malika Burrababa, Malika Burrababa, Malika Burrababa, Malika Burrababa, Malika Burrababa. Any mountain you can see, rebuke it. Any witchcraft activity you can see, rebuke it. We'll destroy the works of the enemy. We'll destroy the works of the, the enemy. We'll destroy the works of the enemy. For this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the enemy. We're destroyed. 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 In Jesus' name. Now lift up your hand to heaven. Any specific need on your heart in this prophetic service? You don't need to talk to the prophet later. Just tell the Lord now. Whatsoever you desire. When you pray, whatever you desire, tell him specific things. Tell him the things you want. Tell him the things you want. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Holy Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus.